what turns you off? Oh gosh, okay. Someone who's like too jealous of what I do. If you're gonna make me feel weird about someone I'm in the studio with, the fact that I have to work at night, the fact that I have to go to events, the fact that I have to look hot or any of those things, ew. Yes. Are you talking about men specifically? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have you experienced that a lot? Oh yeah, for sure. Hello and welcome to High Low with Emrata. It's Tuesday, which means we have a brand new interview. If this is your first time listening or if you're a regular, welcome. If you're into recording artists and musicians, we've recently had Kelly Rowland, Troy Sivan, and Victoria Monet on the show, just to name a few. This week on High Low, Tanache. She is a triple threat singer, dancer, and actress. And we're going to get into the highs and lows and everything in between with Tanache right after this break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to High Low with Emrata. Hi, Tanashi. Thank you so hey. much for being here. Yeah, I'm thanks for having me. Really excited. Congrats on the new album. Thanks. Can you tell me a little bit about the album and what it sounds like? Yeah, I think this album, it kind of represents who I am right now as an artist, and it feels like it touches a lot of different genres, which I think is something that I really love to play with and not kind of be married to like one particular sound I like to play. So. There's some songs on there that feel a little bit more R&B. There's some that feel a little bit more electronic. There's some that feel like drum and bass, some that you want to dance to, some that you want to just vibe to. And I think that somehow they all still feel really like me. And I think that that's probably the most exciting thing for me. So I hope the fans like that it. That sounds really fun. <laughs> yeah, I love fun. that. I like that there's so much of that happening now in music where you can cross genres and oh all gosh. in one album Absolutely. too. It didn't used to be that way, I feel. I was going to say, you've been doing this for a long time. Can yeah. you talk about how you got started? Yeah. I mean, I initially got started in entertainment when I was a kid. I was five when I was in my first movie. So I was, this has been like a lifelong journey, yeah. how, how I got to music. But I think I always knew I wanted to do music. I didn't really have like any in, like my family aren't, you know. You're not a Nepo baby? No, I'm not a Nepo wow, baby. Okay. So I didn't have like any way into the music industry. And I kind of I was doing a musical actually. And one of the girls in the cast was like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm making this girl group. Would you like to be in it? And I was like, I mean, I always kind of wanted to be a solo artist, but I was 14. So I was right. like, let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah. So I joined this girl group and that was kind of the beginning of my, I guess, learning just what it's like to be in the music industry, to go on tour. We went on tour with Justin Bieber. We traveled, we recorded in major studios. And I think I took all that knowledge when I was really young. And when I was around 17, 18, I just started doing it myself. I built a studio in my house and started recording my own records and putting them online. And it was very DIY at first. And it just kind of all snowballed from there. Wow. 
So you're 30 now? Is yep. that okay? Yep. So what have you learned in the? Yeah, so much. <laughs> yeah, a I was lot. Say, what's your attitude like from 17 to 25 yeah. to now? Yeah, you know when I first got involved in music, I feel like that's always the the feeling that I think artists chase is that like uninhibited, no one else's opinions matter you're just totally in this creative space before anyone's heard your art, before anyone's ever like had a perspective of like what you should or shouldn't do. It's so magical when you're creating your first project. And I think that's why so many people refer to artists' first projects like, oh, that one was so special. Like I really loved that because you just can never really create that type of environment again. The after- privacy. That yeah, comes with- and like the purity. Yeah. The unjadedness, the untouchedness, like the raw just you're, you are connecting with like the universe and like just feeling all of your intuition and nothing else really matters at that point. And so I think that was really where I started with this like really pure energy, like, oh, this is going to be easy. It's going to be amazing. Like, I don't think I really realized how it would then affect me over the next few years when I started, I guess, playing the game, then trying to figure out, okay, how do I navigate within the system? Like, do I make records that sound more like this? Because people are saying, okay, these will be more successful. Do I follow my instincts? Like, where do I fit in this landscape? And I think also just being like a really young woman, I would go into those studios by myself and it'd be like all these dudes that have been making music for 25 years being like, no, this is what you should do. And I'd kind of be like, well, I want to be a good collaborator you know I kind of I respect these people I want to listen to them and so I think it was a very you know slow slow burn of how it kind of went from me having like this very pure energy to feeling like I kind of have lost like my sense of who I am as a creative like Mm. this is not worth it to me and that was probably around 25. Like you stopped enjoying what you were doing? I stopped trusting myself Mm. as a creative and my opinions. Like I started questioning like, do I have good ideas? Yeah. Can I write good songs by myself? Like, do I need all this other help? It just kind of started messing with my head. And so around, yeah, I think I was 25 when I decided, okay, I'm going to go independent. I'm going to leave my record label. I'm going to leave this system. I'm just going to make what I want to make and focus on my art and being creative and fuck it if it doesn't work out it's a risk I'm willing to take because I it's not something that I'm willing to give up like my well, sense. you also wanted to be happy I'm sure of and course. you had stopped right yeah, like, yeah yeah and so I think that was a big shift for me in regaining that all of that like the confidence in myself the confidence in my music the confidence in my art and I think that now I'm making some of my best work I feel so much more empowered Mm -hmm. as a woman as a creative and so yeah stepping into 30 I think that's when you're really like oh I know my shit and you feel like you could kind of back it up a little bit more you know with your experience and your maturity and all the things that you've been through to get you up to this point so I'm feeling really good about all the new stuff and really optimistic and really good. I feel like there's so many parallels, obviously your experience with music, but I think every, a lot of women I know have had that experience of entering an industry, Mm. trying to find the balance of being like, you know, humble about what they know and also being like, no, I I (laughs) have a reason to be here. Absolutely. Um, You've collaborated with so many people. It's amazing. Like your list is, I have it here. It's like Britney Spears, Schoolboy Q, Travis Scott, Justin Bieber, Kei Future Offset. 
I want to just hear a little bit about those collabs. What has that been like to work with those people? I've been very lucky in my career. I've been very blessed to do a lot of really amazing things. And I think that that's one thing that I really pride myself is that I have this like longevity and the fact that I've been able to work with so many people. I love the collaborative process. So being able to collaborate with people is like really, really fun for me and just kind of seeing what perspective they bring to the table and getting in the studio with someone is really fun and kind of seeing like their perspective. For example, like I'll just throw one out there like, Future. Mm. Watching Future construct a song in real time and like watching him get behind the mic and be like, and then be like one more time and then boom, it's like a future verse is like, ah, you know, like it's just, it's cool to see it happen in real time. And that's like a special experience that people don't really get to. That's nice. You can appreciate that. Yeah. I feel like because you've been around for so long and whatever, you could just be like, yeah, whatever. It's future throwing a verse down. But like to me, that sounds so cool. It is cool. It's fun to see that process. And it's fun to kind of like learn from other people also like, okay, how would they approach a record? Like kind of just, I think the best part of collaborative process is bringing like everyone's energy together. And it kind of makes like this, the ideal version of that is it makes the art better right it makes yeah. the song better it makes you better it makes each other better by that collaboration so that's one of my favorite things about do you have a favorite collaborator i mean <laughs> yeah britney spears really tell me <laughs> yeah. about collaborating with her that was probably like a dream come true like that's my biggest like pinch me moment that i've had in my career wow. because baby one more time was the first album i ever bought and britney spears was like my queen when i was young so to f- like have that full circle moment of like, oh, I was just like a little kid with like the enhanced CD watching her music videos on loop and being like, oh my God, she's so cool. And then here I am like working with her, dancing with her. That was probably like the most starstruck I've ever been. Like it was just really cool to see. That's magical. That little girl inside of you has got to have that moment. Who's your dream collaboration? Who would you like to collaborate with that you haven't? James Blake, Andre 3000, SZA. Rosalia. Oh, all my favorites right yeah. there. Janet, Sade. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sade. Yeah. The legends. The legends. <laughs> I have to say Rosalia and you would make some magic. You says like it too. Fire. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Um, she was actually somebody I was thinking about who at one point was slept on and now. Oh, yeah. Is not no longer after mommy, but yes, like she it. definitely had a moment where I was like, "How come this person isn't the biggest pop star in the world?" Yeah, and um, I think it's now. so cool she did it all. <laughs> uh, speaking Spanish too, yeah, singing Spanish, so cool. What about the Janet Jackson tribute? That was fun. Tell that me was, about that. That was really cool because I think she kind of. Oh, I heard rumor has it she personally chose who got to be in the tribute, and it it was me, Sierra. And was, who's the third person? Was it Usher? Was I don't it know, girl. I do not remember. You're that like, but I was there. Ago. That was a few years ago, there. but I was there. Yeah, it was, it was really, really, really cool just to be able to, again, just all these moments where I feel like I had like someone that I really idolized and then got to be connected with them somehow really felt very aff- affirming for me mm. as, I guess, an artist and also just like a human being because it was like, wow, this is so surreal. Like Janet Jackson to me is the bar mm. when it comes to artistry. Amazing performer, amazing music, doesn't subscribe to genre, so smart, so cool, amazing music videos, Such, amazing. Yeah. Just, just all around, top to bottom, 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. So to me, you know, she's the bar. So okay. that was really, really cool. That's amazing. But my hat fell off. That was a bummer. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, I have yeah, to watch it Yeah, I did something back. like this and then my hat fell off. I, was like, I bet you still looked amazing. <laughs> How often are you making music? Um, few days. It depends on like what cycle I'm in. Like right now, I'm pretty much focused on press, so I haven't really been in the studio. But if I'm not, then I'll get in the studio like a few days a week. Or for me, 
my favorite thing to do is to really lock in when I'm in like a studio mode. So I kind of want to be like, we're going to work five days a week. We're going to work seven days a week for the next month mm. as opposed to like here and there sprinkling it in, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I kind of like to lock in. You have your on <laughs> and off mode. Yeah. What's yeah. your off mode like? Off mode, I, I like to be outside. I like to hike around, you know, very LA. Like mm -hmm. I like to see the sun. I, I was like going to say you're California girl for sure. Yeah, I like yeah. to be outside and in the sun and like, see my family and just hang out, play video games. <laughs> Chill. <laughs> Chill. I wanted to ask you, I know that the album's called BB Angel. Mm -hmm. And I heard you talk about how the album's name was inspired by the idea of screen names and online personas. Yeah. I was curious if you remember some of your early screen names because oh, we're of the course. same age. Okay, tell me. <laughs> yeah, of course. Okay, well, my AIM name was Devalicious X3. Oh, wow. That's a good one. <laughs> It was a good That's one. That's a good one. DVA. There was no I. So mm -hmm. oh, D wow. X3. Um, I feel like that I had that one for a long time. That's, that was like my main that's one. That's a really good one. That was my main thing. AIM was such a time and a place on the internet. AIM was weird. I, I remember like using my parents' Mac computer and like <laughs> turning it on with my foot. The and, dial like, up. You're yes. Like, hey, yeah, exactly. I mean, this is so <laughs> this is AIM. the kind of shit that like Gen Z hears and they're like, <laughs> what are they saying so no i mean it's it's psychotic <laughs> and then just sitting there and like definitely talking to like strangers <laughs> which is scary yeah. it's really not okay <laughs> switching gears a little bit are you single right now what's up super single okay <laughs> how does it feel for a while really how long mm -hmm. five years oh wow a while i respect that yeah how do know. you like being single yeah, it's so peaceful. It's so peaceful. It's so peaceful. It's like, it kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies to think about like sharing my space with someone now. Totally. Or like comp compromising like what I want to watch on TV and what I want to eat for dinner. Like I like having that, I don't know, Freedom. autonomy. Yes. Whenever I get into relationships, I'm like the type of girl who's like, I'm all in mm -hmm. or all out. Tell me about, I know you've talked a lot about like breakups and your last breakup and how hard that was for you and like that you you know went through this like drinking phase oh, and yeah. <laughs> no I want to hear everything because yeah um, I'm a year a year a little over a year single yeah. now yeah yeah I mean it was just something that I felt very like unequipped to handle at the time because I feel like I it was very like blindsided by the mm. fact that like it was in the media like I've never had any type of like negative media you know controversial anything like that so I was very much like what the fuck is going on and I think I kind of just like blacked out for six months like I don't have like I don't know what I did but I just kind of like put on a happy face and like kept going but I was definitely just kind of like self-medicating and like just trying to like block out all the stuff that was happening because it was like the only way that I could process was that your first public breakup oh and, yeah and only and only yeah that's so hard, man, to like deal with it and then have to see the world have opinions. Yeah, yeah. and then like go out. And I think at the time, if I remember correctly, I was just leaving my record label. So it was like all of these transitions happening at once and I was like on my own, like what am I gonna do next? But I think the best part about that was I was able to flip it and like pour it into like something really dope. And I think I made my best album after that, which is okay. Songs For You. Yeah. So, well, one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe this one will be yeah, the next maybe, best one. Maybe. Was that your last relationship? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so do you feel like you're turned off to relationships because of that experience? Or is it just kind of like you found your inner peace and you're like, I'm good on yeah. this for now? Hmm. 
I don't know if I can directly correlate where I am now to then. Like, it's not like I'm necessarily like still feeling like traumatized the way I was back then. But I do think that in a way it does make me like a little bit more guarded, especially when it comes to like any type of like celebrity relationship. Because I don't know, it's just like, it was so much. It's like, I don't know if I would want to do that again. But then I also like don't know if I would like date just like a regular regular guy. I don't know like where I, I don't know where I fall in. Like, so I don't really know like what my future holds in terms of like dating relationships. I mean, you're focused on just vibing. Yeah, I love that for you. Um, You said that a lot of the kind of whatever went into that album, were there other things that you did to cope and like get out of that blackout six month period? I mean, music really, 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 really helped. And yeah, just having like good friends and family and just being able to put it all in art. There's nothing more cathartic and like a better way to really like transmute and process your emotions than to put it into like a song or something. Because then you feel like if you have something that's on your chest, like there's something I wanted to say, or like I wanted, you know, to set the record straight, or, you know, I want to say my piece, or you just like have any type of feeling, thought, emotion, thing that you can't get off your chest, art is the best way to do it. And then once it's out, it's like, oh, you just feel so much lighter. You release it, really. really, really do. Put it into something and something that other people can share and that is fun and beautiful beautiful. and exciting and you could go play shows and so it turns something from like this negative experience into something that's really positive like so many people have come in like there's this one song that i wrote it was called saving for us that was like in the depth of my heartbreak you know i wrote this like really kind of sad song and since then so many people have kind of like said to me how much that song in particular means to them or like Mm. how much that helped them get through like whatever they were going through with their own breakup and i've just it makes you realize like how connected people feel when they can share experiences and like how amazing it is to be honest and be vulnerable through your art and be able to bring people together like that. I was just gonna say it's such a beautiful thing. I mean, heartbreak is obviously one of the most painful things you can experience in your life, but it sounds like you really felt it. Yeah. You didn't avoid it. You just kind of were like, I am heartbroken now. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna make some music. I'm gonna do whatever I have to do, even I'm sure if that meant like, getting drunk too much, whatever, kind of like you got to just do what you got to do. Sometimes you just have to feel your feelings. You can't just like mask them forever. And sometimes that really helps you just move on, get better, move forward. I want to talk to you about your show. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You may have heard of the podcast Juicy Scoop. Wondered what it is? Why aren't you listening? Well, I'm its host, created it, been doing it for seven years. I'm Heather McDonald of Juicy Scoop with Heather McDonald. Now, I could tell you why you should be listening to my show, but my listeners wanted to write the ad for me, and here are some of the things they said. Not your regular Juicy podcast. Catch up on all the juicy topics from Hollywood and pop culture to true crime and beyond. Heather McDonald's Juicy Scoop always has great guests, 
great laughs, and great gossip. It's a comedian's take on the hottest headlines. Juicy Scoop is the pop culture news you want to hear. No BS, no filter, no filler. Raw, real, and in the moment. Throw in the hilarity of amazing comedians that you'll instantly be obsessed with, a juicy crime story, and a dash of normal life in L.A. moments, and you've got yourself an amazing week of Juicy Scoop. Two episodes every week, every Tuesday and Thursday. It will never let you down. Welcome back to High Low with Emrata. You were just on this competition show called Stars on Mars. Yeah, How would you describe fun. it? It was a reality show about stars living on Mars. But it wasn't really Mars. We okay. were in like the Australian outback. Okay. And to be fair, I said yes to the opportunity because I thought that it was going to be like even more spacey. Like I thought we were like really going to get like deep into the space simulation vibe like i thought there was gonna be like anti-gravity or like we'd get to go in a rocket or something crazy but it was it was a little bit more reality tv than like maybe i thought anticipated it <laughs> yeah. you're like wait when do i get to float yeah i was like when are this space things happening wait but that's so it was funny. cool though it was fun it was okay. a unique experience i like doing random stuff so how long were you doing that three weeks okay so it's yeah. quick yeah it was quick but it was 24 hours a day they were filming us and listening to us 24 hours a day, which is weird. If you've ever been in a situation like that, it's weird. <laughs> it's really I'm sure. Weird. And then watching it back, was it strange to see how they edited everything? Yes. And okay. I had a lot of anxiety at first because I was like, they are obviously taking stuff from everyone knows that this by now that that they do that with reality TV, but they'll like Frankenstein sentences together from like multiple different days and try to make storylines that were not there. And so I was like, damn, how are they going to spin this? This is a little scary. But it ended up being okay. It was like fun and lighthearted. And and you were cool. happy with how they portrayed yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that there was a uh, Adam Rippon was he was talking about how he was determined to get to the end of the show with you and how you gave him your blessing to continue without you. I'm curious about like the bonds you formed and yeah. what it was like. Yeah, I mean, I did make some really cool friendships. I think probably one of my biggest strengths on the show, like why I was there till the end was because I was able to be cool with everyone in the house. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I think I could just like float between like all the different types of people. There were like athletes, there was just actors, there were, you know, all the cast of characters. So mm -hmm. it was kind of cool to be able to like meet new people, get outside of your comfort zone, do all that. But Adam was real sweet. That's so cute. cute. Yeah. You seem like you have a very, even just when you came into the studio, sometimes people come in and they're nervous. They've been doing a lot of press. They're like, they can't even focus. Yeah, and yeah. you just seem very calm. Have Thanks. you always been that way? <laughs> I think so. Really? Yeah, I think so. I think I get that from my dad. Okay. My dad is so he's the calmest guy i've ever met in my mm. life like the building could be on fire and he'd be like you guys the building's on fire like we should we should head towards the stairs like he's Whoa. so cool calm and collected he's never raised his voice i think it's a really good skill to cultivate yeah i'm i'm loving it yeah <laughs> it's like a good energy that you bring which thanks. is just very calm because i had kind of a hectic morning and i came in and i was like oh, a little late whatever and then you was just like what's up yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, nice that's it's good. i think it's really rare especially for people in um the public eye because you do get so caught up with how people perceive you because oh, yeah. it's tied to your livelihood um have you had moments like that oh yeah of course okay of course i think for me i have really really grown to know who i am and i think that that's 
when you find that sense of like, okay, I'm solid because I, I know myself. I know what I like. I know what I don't like. I know what I think is cool. I know what I think is not cool. Like I'm very true to myself, very authentic. And I think that that's when you're trying to like mask or you're trying to put on, you're trying to hide things or whatever. That's when you kind of like feel like the cracks are kind of showing or, you know. When did that bigger. happen for you where you were like, okay, was it when you went independent or? Even before then, because I, like I said, I feel like it was a very kind of slow burn as I was, I guess, mentally feeling like I was going down some rabbit hole. There was an album that I wanted to put out in 2015 called Joyride. And there was kind of disagreements of whether we should put that album out for like four years. Like they, I didn't get that album out for four years. And for me, that was the worst four years ever because I was like, I just want to release my album. I just want to release my art, art. Like, let's just put it out there. Like, I want to do more stuff. I want to travel. I want to tour. And so I think during those four years was when I felt like, oh, I was starting to crack. I was starting mm -hmm. to see this sense of like, I'm maybe trying to appease them. I'm trying to fit into some box that like isn't true to who I am. I'm trying to also like appease the public because they are also have these weird perceptions of me, especially after that breakup and stuff. Like now, like I have all this in the mix, you mm -hmm. know, things like that. And so, um, yeah, I think that it was around that time. Those So how old years. were you? Like 20? Yeah, I was like 20. Between, I'd say, 23 and 25. Yeah. Okay, so you came through it early, which is kind of yeah. good yeah. in some ways. Yeah. Uh, do you, would you, if you had kids, would you get them into music as early as you and, like, entertainment, or would you um, wait? I think it's a real case-by-case -case basis because I've heard so many things from, you know, other actors and child stars and people like that who did not have the same kind of like positive experiences that I had mm -hmm. or you know kind of felt like they were more forced into things or doing things they didn't really want to do and so I think that you just have to be very cognizant of that and very you know aware of that as a parent mm -hmm. and you know being able to push your kid but also realizing if you do have a kid that's very passionate about something like being able to nurture that is important so I think yeah it's it's a balance and it takes some discernment and I would yeah I don't know I guess if I meet my kid and they're like I really want to do this then I'd consider it for sure did you have experiences like that or were your parents very no my parents were they were they were super super chill they were okay. they let me kind of lead because <laughs> I felt like did you have experiences with entertainment as a young person where you were like whoa that's a situation I, I did not like mm -hmm. you know what I think the biggest thing that I was in in terms of situations that I didn't like it's kind of like the it's like the dynamic of like an audition process as a kid like that is very you real you kind of feel commodified because there's like a hundred of girls that look like you and you walk into these rooms and you don't feel like anyone really sees you you're kind of like wallpaper you know they're just like next 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 and also just the rejection process like at such a young age like being rejected for something that you like really care about like maybe you had like a role you really wanted and like to not get it and like those little mini heartbreaks over and over again i think that it was both like hard for me but it also taught me a lot and maybe toughened me up in a lot of ways when it came to like music and maybe growing up a little bit faster but yeah I would say that was the most negative experience I had like I was very lucky that my parents were you know super like attentive on set and stuff like I was never in like any super weird situations or mm -hmm. anything like creepy like horror stories you hear yeah I remember um because I, I, I started modeling when I was like 14 and I was acting too and I remember driving I'm from San Diego so driving up from Southern California like two and a half hour drive going into a room where it was just like 
all brown haired girls yeah. around the same whatever. And me just being like, I, the hell? Yeah, like, what am I, I, I going to do here? What am I going to do? And it was just such a weird experience in the... And it is such an industry. Like mm -hmm. you really, you walk in and it's like this, you know, person who's a casting director and they barely register you. Mm -hmm. They kind of look up and the whole thing was really um, hard. But I do actually think the rejection as difficult as that was, it is a really great lesson. And I, can, I do think it can aid in kind of making you prepared for the future mm -hmm. and um, learning to like just not invest so much of your self-worth absolutely into other people's approval essentially absolutely. the biggest lesson that I learned very young was like there are 20 different factors that go into this person choosing you or not choosing you for this project and that really helped me kind of in all areas of my life you've talked a little bit about being pitted against other black women in the industry what's that experience been like from when you first started to now and do you think it's getting better we'll be right back with more tinashe after this break welcome back to high low with emrata i do think it is getting better in a way because i feel like it takes the people on the inside to like be like we're not going to subscribe to this in order for any of that to change because people are always going to try they're always going to attempt to pitch you against someone and yeah it did start very young when you'd see the same girls at the audition and you're like hey and like maybe they booked the one you wanted last time you're like this one's mine mm -hmm. um that it starts that kind of competitive energy and i think that when you're competitive with other women that's really when it starts because you feel like oh there's only like two seats at the table or a seat at the table and we both have to fight to be there so yeah i think it's 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 realizing there's so much room for everyone like there's so many tables so many seats and we can all actually support each other and it makes each other stronger in fact to support each other instead of competing against one another the abundance mentality versus Absolutely. the scarcity mm -hmm. i'm curious though do you feel like that comes from the industry or does it also kind of come from fans that sort of pitting yeah. against oh, yeah fans do that yeah. all the time fans are very toxic when it comes to like competition and like stan wars and they'll be on twitter like fighting with other fan bases for no reason creating like beefs that like are not even <laughs> that don't exist yeah. yeah so it definitely is a toxic you know environment when it comes to just how the public perceives you but I, I think that this is probably an issue with just women in general in in life because I feel like we're just we live in a patriarchy right and we're like made to feel like we have to fight each other and we have to compete each other in order to like prove ourselves or our worth or something so yeah I'm sure it's not super abnormal yeah no I mean I've definitely experienced that and I do feel that's one of the beautiful things about getting older is you just sort of like and I think culturally we have dropped the mean girl cool yeah. thing like that yeah. is not okay to be it's mean girl cool. now so lame <laughs> I feel when we were even five ten years ago it was kind of cool still yeah there was something kind of cutthroat bitchy <laughs> yeah. like she's like a killer and I do think that's changed in a really beautiful way and um, people like People come to set with good energy That's or good. just move through the world. But yeah, it's it's definitely a shame to see that. But you think it's gotten better. I think it's getting better. I think it, you know, it takes, we have to just continue. It's a conscious effort, but you just have to kind of continue to to do is it, support your sisters, support your sisterhood, support womanhood, support, you know, I think it just reflects back on you. And yeah. like you said, it's really a, all a mindset too. You totally, know? totally. 
So one of the things I was when I was looking you up and reading about you, it was like, there's a lot of people who are like, this is Tanashi is the most slept on artist. <laughs> yeah. um, like she's been there forever and she's just slept on. It's kind of like a running joke online. And I'm just curious what that feels like from your side. Do you even feel that way or yeah. what, what is your You know feeling? what? It's, it's interesting because like in, in a way, sure, I could agree. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I feel like there's places and spaces and things that I would have felt that I could have accomplished by now that maybe I like haven't and at the same time I can't really exist with that in my mind like you can't function thinking you're an underdog or you're always going to be an underdog like you can't you can't internalize those things too much so as much as like I know it comes from a good place so I appreciate when people are like oh you're so underrated I know that they're taking meaning that as a compliment but um I certainly don't I've, I don't feel that way in my heart. Maybe I am underrated, but like, it's better to be underrated than overrated. I don't know. <laughs> Hell yeah. I was actually just going to say that I think there's something to be said for burning a slow candle. Yeah, and sure. I do think that that's something you've done really, really well. And, you know, we've all seen like what it happens when you burn out and you have that moment, that moment passes, and then it's really hard. And I feel you are um, chugging along and like, also, there is um, an honest kind of just excitement about your own work mm -hmm. that feels really genuine and it doesn't feel like you're just doing it for other people, yeah, which is really rare yeah. and nice. I think one of the biggest things that helped me to get to this mindset is zooming out in terms of like looking at my career and really focusing on like a big picture and a legacy. Like I really look at my career as like, okay, when I look back on this 30 years from now, am I going to be proud of what I've done? Like what's my whole legacy? Like where am I going to go in five years and 10 years and kind of focus more on that story as opposed to like, okay, right now this song, like yes. how's it doing? Let's check the numbers. <laughs> like, you know, how many streams we get today? Like instead of focusing on these like tiny mini milestones, kind of like zooming out and focusing on like big milestones. That's a really great strategy for anyone in general. Yeah. I think people get so obsessed, especially now there's so much data to yeah. collect. Oh my gosh. Um, just in general, anything you're doing, just if you're counting your personal likes on Instagram, mm -hmm. whatever, mm -hmm. all the time. That's a really dangerous game to play, but obviously a lot of people do subscribe to of it. Of course, yeah. Ultimately doesn't lead to happiness, I no, think. Yeah. What are you looking forward to most coming up like in the future? Yeah, I mean, I'm really looking forward to touring in the fall. And, you know, hopefully I want to go around the world, just get out there. I love to travel. I love to, like, see new places. I want to, like, do as much of that as I possibly can right now while I have the energy and, like, still enjoy it and love it. And then, yeah, I mean, just creating more art. That's really all I think about. It's like, oh, this is so fun. Okay, so at the end of um, every interview, we do kind of like a lightning round of okay, questions. Fun. What's on your For You page? My For You page is, well, on which platform? Uh, TikTok. I on think. TikTok? Yeah. My For You page is full of like cooking videos, like gardening tips. Mm -hmm. um, I also get like news. Okay. So like I'm finding like news, entertainment news, and then like a lot of like weird random household stuff. Okay. And that's <laughs> I love to garden. Is that different from Instagram? Yeah. Okay. What's Instagram? Instagram's like makeup. Okay. A lot of like makeup. Mm -hmm. It is weird <laughs> how nails. they serve different things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what are your icks? What turns My you off? Oh yeah. gosh. Okay. Um, someone who's like too jealous of what I do. Mm. Like if you're going to make me feel weird about 
someone I'm in the studio with, the fact that I have to work at night, the fact that I have to go to events, the fact that I have to look hot or any of those things. Ew. Yes. Yeah. Are you talking about men specifically? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have you experienced that a lot? Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Me too. Yeah. But it was more so when I was younger, I think, because, yeah, I don't know. I don't really, like, I just wouldn't entertain that necessarily anymore. But when totally. I was younger, I kind of was, I would let them more. Yes. No, the second somebody would do that to me now. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be like, like, are you crazy? You can leave. Yeah, are you <laughs> yeah. crazy? Yeah, no. So, yeah, that's I a got big that a no. lot of, like, like, I can't believe this is what you do for work. Like, you call this work. <laughs> like, uh, I, yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah. Like, than your job. What do you do? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it's a jealousy thing. Totally. Yeah. Um, that is a big ick for me, honestly, too. Who's made you starstruck? Bernie Spears. Okay. She's, do you have a celebrity crush? Not anymore. Mm. I had one when I was younger. Who was a younger when you were younger? Chad McMurray. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you know, very Such a pretty um, boy. I know. Okay. Changed. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. No, I don't like the pretty boy. I never really did. I don't I, like blonde guys anymore. So yeah. I don't know what I was I was on back then. Yeah. Um. It's funny. <laughs> I don't, I've never said I like blonde guys, but now I have a blonde baby and I'm yeah. like, oh. guess I like blonde babies. <laughs> I like blonde guys. Cute. What is the biggest misconception about you? What do people always think I think maybe the biggest misconception would be that I'm, I don't know, maybe people think I'm really outgoing or like mm. I'm really like, you know, I think being in the public eye, people expect you to be very on or like very a lot or like very in your face. And I don't really feel like I'm very in your face. Like I feel like I'm just kind of like chill and like mm -hmm. I'm kind of like, let's see what happens. Like, I don't know. Why? Do you think people think that because of the way you perform? I guess. Yeah. Yeah seeing me on stage is totally different. Like I have this big sense of like confidence, like boom, energy, look at me. I'm the middle of center of attention. But like, I don't feel that way in my day to day life, but I totally embody that energy like on stage and a photo shoot and a video shoot, things like that. And I also just think the industry in general, people just expect people who are in the public to like to be in the public all the time, if that makes sense. How do you tap into that? Like, look at me energy. I, I just, it just comes over me. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. It's just so in me. So is it me. always in you? It's just in me. Does it ever come out personally? Not really. No, I wish it came I mean, out more. I wish funny. it came out more. <laughs> Do you attribute this to like star signs or anything or is it Maybe. just you? Yeah. Well, I got my Leo moon. So it definitely, okay. I feel that like within my art and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I guess like I'm also an Aquarius. Like that's my big, you know, sun sign. Okay. So I feel the most Aquarius, mm -hmm. but the Leo comes out. What's your rising? Sorry, I'm Taurus. gonna be that. Okay, okay. I don't really identify with it. that as much. And that one's kind of like. Mm -hmm. But you come off chill and like strong, yeah. so that's okay. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> shit. I don't know what I'm saying. Acting like I'm an expert. No, we love it. How would you like to be remembered? I think the biggest thing that I want people to remember me for is being fearless. I mm. think. Being able to kind of create my own path, not subscribing to trends, not trying to follow anything in particular, but to just kind of like be myself and take risks and be fearless. So hopefully, I think I want that to inspire like young artists and young women, because yeah. I do think that when you come into the industry, there's a lot of, it's hard to just put yourself out there. Totally. And it's hard to create your own art and it's hard to, you know, have your own perspective. Do you have kind of um, a line you would like to deliver to people who are interested in, young women in particular, who are interested in entering this space? Yeah, I think my biggest piece of advice would be learn how to record your own music. 
Um, I think that that gives you such a big advantage if you can not need another producer and engineer in order to like make the art yourself. If you're sitting around waiting for someone to like help you make it, that's already a step that you can take control of yourself. So I, I would like to empower young women to like learn how to engineer, go on YouTube, get these programs, get your hands dirty, um, record your own vocals, produce yourself, like really just develop those skills so that no one can tell you. You don't have to rely, you don't on, have other to rely people. on anyone else. Right. Okay, that's amazing advice. If I was, yeah. that's really great. I, I was unexpected and it makes sense to me. What scares you? What scares me? Um, Running out of time mm. to do everything I want to do. Time goes really fast nowadays. It does. It gets faster, faster and faster, and faster, faster. Too. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of not not chill. Wait until you have a kid. It's <laughs> yeah. literally mind-blowing how time yeah. It just flies because they, they're I, going so quickly. And I guess quickly. you can see it like yes. happen so like literally in front of yes, you. Yes. This because kid growing. Now you are when you don't have a kid, you're like, oh, that was a few years ago, a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, no, that was exactly two and a half years ago. Right. And this child was this way. And now, right. you know. All right. Well, thank you so much for, for taking the time to come fun. in. It was, um, I'm really excited to hear the album and just excited to see where, what takes you, what the next 10 years look like. That's it for this episode. I'm back on Thursday with Emrata Asks. We've got upcoming episodes on topics like internet linguistics, hip hop and high fashion, the strikes in Hollywood, misogyny and perfectionism. I want to hear from you. Tell me what has stood out to you today, and I will try to respond to as many comments on the show. Love to hear your thoughts on what Tanache had to say, and also would like to hear how you guys are feeling about some of the music-related guests. Would you like to see more of them, less? Go to highlow.fm to submit your voice notes or call and leave me a message on the Hilo hotline. That's 42 Hilo 4 if you're watching or listening on YouTube or Spotify, you can also just leave comments on there. And always feel free to join the conversation on social media using the hashtag Hilo. See you all on Thursday. Hilo with Imrata is a Sony Music Entertainment and Bitch Era Media production. Our executive producers are me, Emily Radikowski, Matt Raz, and Sarita Wesley. Our showrunner is Matt Raz. Our associate producer is Rachel Choder. Today's episode was engineered by Samantha Gatsik with original music by The Crystal Pharaoh.